As the first G7 country to legalize recreational cannabis, Ken is uniquely positioned to create homegrown companies that scale globally. The new cannabis economy in Canada could unlock a hybrid industry because it touches a variety of different sectors like agriculture, health, and manufacturing. Cannabis could play a significant role in Canada's and New Brunswick's bioeconomy. I would urge Canada's governments, both provincial and federal, to promote alignment among the diverse groups within the cannabis economy. We can remain competitive in the global cannabis market. But if we do not take advantage of that near-term opportunity, we run the risk of falling behind. It's really ours to lose. Hi, I'm Tim Penketh, founder and editor of thefutureeconomy.ca. We interview Canada's leaders in government, business, academia, youth, and other key stakeholders to define a strong vision for Canada's future economy and the changes we need to make now to get there. By now, we all know that cannabis is legal in Canada for both medicinal and recreational use. And although many Canadian companies and entrepreneurs have thousands of different ideas and opinions on how to capitalize on this new industry, pretty much everyone agrees it's a big deal for Canada's future economy. But just how big of a deal is it? As only the second country in the world to legalize weed nationally, the opportunities are enormous. Canadian cannabis companies are on a hiring spree, and larger companies need even more workers. It's a huge market. Deloitte's estimates about six and a half billion today in the black market, gray market, and can grow to eight to ten billion in in Canada with uh, legalization. Whatever the actual number is, most agree that Canada has a big opportunity to seize with cannabis, both within Canada as well as internationally when other foreign markets move towards their own forms of legalization. But where is Canada's cannabis industry now? And what are the opportunities and challenges ahead? And what must be done to best position Canada's homegrown companies for long-term global success? The FutureEconomy.ca just published a Spotlight feature that explores these important questions and more. The Spotlight was made possible by BioNB, so a big thank you to them for their support for this project. Go to TheFutureEconomy.ca to check it out. As with all of the FutureEconomy.ca Spotlight features, we brought together four top leaders in Canada's cannabis ecosystem to give you unique insights on these questions and on what the road ahead looks like. My name is Greg Engel. I'm the CEO of Organogram Holdings, Inc. My name is Megan Seagrave, and I'm the president of 1812 Hemp. My name is Stephen Lund. I'm the CEO of Opportunities New Brunswick and the Deputy Minister of Economic Development and Small Business. My name is Dave McGee, Vice President of Research at the University of New Brunswick in Fredericton, New Brunswick, Canada. We asked these leaders what Canada's early legalization of cannabis relative to other countries means for Canadian cannabis companies. Organogram CEO Greg Engel sees it as a huge advantage. As the first G7 country to legalize recreational cannabis, Ken is uniquely positioned to create homegrown companies that scale globally. Canadian companies have a unique global advantage because we are operating in a federally legal jurisdiction both medically and recreationally. We can develop ideas and products on a national scale and eventually take them abroad. But what does that mean at a provincial level? New Brunswick has a flowering cannabis industry, so we asked our experts what's being done there at ground level to sow and nurture the best opportunities the cannabis industry presents for the province. Brunswick was one of the first jurisdictions to consider cannabis legalization an economic opportunity. The industry currently employs an estimated 2,000 people in the province, and this number is growing every day. That was Stephen Lund, the CEO of Opportunities New Brunswick. David McGee, 
vice president of research at the University of New Brunswick, points to the province's tight-knit cannabis ecosystem as one of its strengths. Everybody knows uh, everybody in New Brunswick, cannabis sector, even if they are from different fields. That allows a lot of key players to be nimble and work together. If we move fast, New Brunswick can be a strong testing ground for Canada as a whole. Organigrams Greg Engel. The provincial government and other institutions have fostered innovation and growth in the cannabis industry by attracting investors, businesses, and researchers to New Brunswick. The CEO of startup 1812 Hemp, Megan Seagrave, points to New Brunswick's foresight in formulating a broad cannabis strategy as a reason for those players setting up shop in the province. New Brunswick's one of the only provinces in the country with both an outdoor hemp and an indoor cannabis strategy that supports its line departments as well as economic development around the whole cannabis opportunity, not just certain aspects of it. We asked our panel of leaders what those opportunities look like, and no surprise, they come in a variety of strains. UNB's David McGee and 1812 Hemp's Megan Seagrave see cannabis-related opportunities in many fields. The new cannabis economy in Canada could unlock a hybrid industry because it touches a variety of different sectors like agriculture, health, and manufacturing. Big data, value-added biomass, and different cannabinoids are the top three areas that are attracting entrepreneurs. Investors and market demand propelled the cannabis industry to where it is today. However, its future lies in research and development in areas like agriculture, horticulture, genomics, artificial intelligence, and possibly even blockchain. For Greg Engel of Organigram, it's Canada's regulatory framework that is allowing for increased research, innovation, and product development. And that's of prime importance. We're seeing the regulatory framework around cannabis open up. As a result, Canadian companies have a lot more freedom to explore and commercialize unique aspects of the cannabinoid experience. He is particularly optimistic about the opportunity represented by the development of edibles and derivative-based products, that is, those that are created using extracts from the cannabis plant. Edibles, vaporizers, cannabis vaporized products, topicals, beverages, and other products can all be categorized as derivative-based products. Edibles will be the next frontier. For UNB's Vice President of Research, Dr. David McGee, cannabis-related opportunities lie in Canada's large landmass, our challenging climate, and the expertise in genomics developed in provinces such as New Brunswick. Because of the availability of land in Canada, the future of Canadian cannabis is in outdoor growing. There are a lot of opportunities to apply advanced genomics to discover and develop a cannabis strain that grows best in the Canadian climate. There's one area that all our leaders agree is a large opportunity for Canada's cannabis industry. It's also a general economic opportunity that all Canadian governments and industries believe must be developed to create more sustainable industries and a more sustainable future economy. And that's the bioeconomy. When we return to the futureeconomy.ca podcast in just a moment, we'll hear our leaders' opinions on the important opportunity represented by the intersection of Canada's budding cannabis industry and the bioeconomy, as well as what key stakeholders must do now to best position Canada's cannabis industry for long-term success. Hi everyone, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor that made this episode possible, BioNB. BioNB is the trusted bioscience authority in New Brunswick. It promotes a supportive business environment for bioscience ventures through coaching, community building, and advocacy. The way BioNB sees it, 
New Brunswick has all the building blocks for a successful bioeconomy. An economy that will drive the renewal of the province's industries, modernize its primary production, protect the environment, and enhance biodiversity. BioNB also sees the massive potential for New Brunswick to become a world leader in the ocean economy, the cannabis sector, and in the valorization of biomass. BioNB looks forward to supporting both new and well-established ventures that will join them in driving growth in the bioeconomy in the years to come. Visit BioNB.org to find out more. Welcome back. When we left off, we heard our experts agree that the bioeconomy is one of the large untapped opportunities for Canada's cannabis industry. Canada's first bioeconomy strategy was published in May 2019, and it focuses on how Canada can build on our bioeconomy competitive advantages. These include our access to biomass, our strengths in forestry and agriculture, our sustainable approach to resource management, and Canada's skilled workforce. Cannabis presents many varied bioeconomy opportunities, whether that is using the biomass for energy generation, synthetic manufacturing, or the development of new materials. One of the large untapped areas within the cannabis sector is its biomass capacity. There is a large opportunity in finding ways to use the biomass associated with the cannabis plant to its maximum capacity rather than simply throwing it away. That was UNB's David McGee. And Stephen Lund of Opportunities New Brunswick agrees. If you consider the whole plant, cannabis could have applications in textiles, paper, building materials, hygiene, food products, and biomass. So cannabis could play a significant role in Canada's and New Brunswick's bioeconomy. Greg Engel, the CEO of Organigram, sees the potential as well. There's tremendous environmental and economic opportunity in creating viable products from secondary cannabis waste. Also in agreement is Megan Seagrave the CEO of 1812 Hemp. Hemp is one of the most versatile materials that we can cultivate on an industrial scale here in Canada um, for a multitude of markets. We can drive economic opportunities from processing every part of the plant, including the flour, the fiber, the grain, and the seed oil. A rise in demand for hemp could create value in many ways. Its fiber, for instance, can be used in construction materials, clothing, even carbon-based biomaterials for light weighting by the aerospace and defense industries. The government could accelerate a flourishing bioeconomy by specifying how the different types of cannabis and hemp products can fit into it and the resources that could be allotted to each. And that's what we like to hear at thefutureeconomy.ca. Calls to action for how Canada can be more competitive, more innovative, more sustainable. Said best, how can we make Canada's future economy just more better? So, as we do with all the leaders we interview, we asked our panel what they see as the biggest challenges to resolve with respect to the future of the Canadian cannabis industry and what their call to action would be to ensure that Canada makes the most of the cannabis opportunity. For David McGee, the Vice President of Research at the University of New Brunswick, a message for New Brunswick, and Canada as a whole, I'm sure, to get key stakeholders aligned and moving quickly. The Premier of New Brunswick and government need to align themselves with industry and academia to take advantage of the cannabis and hemp opportunity. The growth opportunity the cannabis sector represents right now is very large, and New Brunswick needs to move fast to capture the market. Megan Seagrave, the CEO of 1812 Hemp, agrees on the need for alignment and a common direction, 
And she is calling upon our governments to take the lead and to set that direction. Cannabis has already been designated a national priority. We simply need the federal government to accelerate its support and help industry find and implement innovation opportunities, synthesize ideas into concepts and product design, and select what to focus on. I would urge Canada's governments, both provincial and federal, to promote alignment among the diverse groups within the cannabis economy, to clarify objectives and priorities, and to help focus efforts around them by supporting agile regulation and government policy. Stephen Lund, the CEO of Opportunities New Brunswick, puts the focus on consumer health, leveraging global networks, reducing labor shortages, and creating the best environment for Canadian cannabis companies to grow and prosper. Firstly, the Canadian government must set policies that make the legal cannabis market more reliable and safe for legitimate companies and consumers. Secondly, Canadian cannabis companies must meet and develop connections with their counterparts across the world. And finally, we must attract our youth to reduce the cannabis industry's labor shortage. As long as Canada and New Brunswick can be competitive from a tax, regulation, and labor perspective, we can remain competitive in the global cannabis market. For Greg Engel, the CEO of Organogram, Canada must maintain and build on its early legalizer advantage relative to other jurisdictions. Canada still has a leadership position in the cannabis industry, but if we do not take advantage of that near-term opportunity, we run the risk of falling behind. Our Prime Minister and the government must support the industry through growth and trade initiatives to maintain our global competitiveness. Megan Seagrave of 1812 Hemp agrees. Canada is early to the cannabis game, and we have to build on that global competitive advantage. But she adds a word of caution. If provincial and federal governments do nothing to commit to a set of coherent, reinforceable policies or behaviors aimed at achieving a sustainable first mover and competitive advantage in the cannabis industry, it's really ours to lose. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the FutureEconomy.ca podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsor, BioNB, for making possible both this and the Spotlight feature on cannabis and the bioeconomy. Go to the FutureEconomy.ca to read the full interviews from which the leaders' quotes in this podcast were taken. You'll find even more premium-grade insights, takeaways, and calls to action on how our leaders think we can grow Canada's cannabis industry to higher and higher highs. And you should also check out our content on other great issues and industries defining Canada's future economy. While you're there, remember to subscribe to our newsletter and to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You should also subscribe to this podcast on the platform on which you're listening to it right now to be notified when our next episode is out. Stay tuned. Many thanks to Florent Evenin, who conducted the interviews for this episode, the FutureEconomy.ca's editorial team for piecing them all together, and Javi Ume for producing it. I'm Tim Penketh, founder and editor of thefutureeconomy.ca. Thanks for listening. And because it's what we do with all the Canadian leaders we interview, let me ask you, Canada, what's your future economy? <laughs> <laughs>